Till shade is gone. Till water is gone. Into the shadow with teeth bared. Screaming defiance with the last breath. To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day. By my honor and the light. My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart. Until the last day. To, to Shiloh Ghoul itself. itself. This is a Dagger for Sightblinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time, with your hosts, Sarah Lucas and Adam Tricola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Dagger for Sightblinder. May you find shade this day. Sarah, how are you today? I'm good, Adam. How are you? I'm pretty good. Good. Yeah, it's it's been it's been an interesting couple of weeks. This this show is is just it's been fun. It's and it's what's interesting to me is right now the show's coming out and yet they're still filming season two right now. Like they're they're not just like sitting there watching us watch them. They're right. just making new stuff. And so there's new casting news. There's all this stuff. And for for season two and presumably season three once once it gets approved and all that right yeah instead of getting like i feel like most shows you you release it and then you get the audience reaction and tweak things for the next season as needed or you make someone a regular because people really like them or like the audience reacted well or didn't react well so they pull back or whatever and they're just not doing that yeah which i actually think that's a good sign me too. And, and honestly, I, I thought that the biggest sign that I thought that this show was going to be a success was Amazon already greenlit season two before they before any audiences saw it. Well, I'm, I'm sure some audiences did, but before they were done with all of the production stuff, even they knew right. that it was going to be good. So season two has already been approved. And uh, there is, of course, now the speculation is going to be running rampant of when are they going to approve season three? Uh, and you you have to think that it's going to be after season, uh, after this season's done, at least. Like, they, it seems like they would have to wait. Yeah. I mean, I guess it will depend on how well the season does overall, mm-hmm. you know, numbers wise, because you could theoretically green light multiple seasons. You don't have to wait. Like they don't have to wait for season two to be done before they green light season three. Sure. Oh, I mean, uh, I, maybe I misspoke there, but all I was saying is I think they should, they're, they're probably waiting to see what our final reactions are to season one right? or before, before they give the thumbs up for season three. Right. And if it's, I would assume, you know, a really good reaction, they could potentially be like, okay, let's do three and four in one, one shot, like just mm-hmm. green light both of them. Well, especially if their filming is going well and everything for season two. Mm-hmm. Shall we jump into the, I don't know, the new casting? Yeah, because they they confirmed three for season two, I think it was, three characters. The last two are in season one. They are guest stars in season one. Okay. And they were confirmed as, I think, regulars for season two if I'm remembering correctly. Okay, which 
so these are all characters the i guess we should just spit out who they are uh, so they're all shinarans mm-hmm. i want to make sure that i have the right borderland country so like in my mind yeah i, I think that yeah. is so so there's uno who is a foul-mouthed squad leader mm-hmm. but apparently endearing and knows his stuff there's Masima, who is incredibly important in other parts of the book series, in fact, which should be interesting to see how they portray him. Ingtar, who has an extremely interesting story arc in book two. Mm-hmm. And then Lord, Lord Agomar and his sister, I think it's his sister, right? Lady Amelisa. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. And so, and they, those two are guest starring at the end of season one apparently cool so i I do like that especially if they're guests starring in season one it kind of gives you some guesses on what's going to happen in these final is it really all we have three three episodes left is all yeah what's going to happen um so funny funny that you say that i looked today out of curiosity because if you remember a couple few weeks ago i said they only released the episode names for the first six episodes Mm-hmm. So they have the episode names up now for seven and mm-hmm. eight. Um, so the next one, so episode six, six, if you forgot, is the Flame of Tarvalon. Oh yeah, and that's we're gonna meet the Amaralyn seat almost certainly. Right. Um. Right, that makes sense. Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted because IMDb put up a little blurb of what's in the episode. <laughs> um. Episode seven is the dark along the ways. Oh, okay. So, so they're not going to go. In, they're not going to go into the ways until episode seven. Mm-hmm. And then episode mm. eight is the eye of the world. Oh, I've been wondering if they were going to include the eye of the world because mm-hmm. uh, the oh. end. Sorry, go. I'll tell you oh. after. Tell me what you were going to say. The, the end of the of book one is a morass of total confusion it's just so weird there's it's like the main character the main characters have this boss fight but they're not strong (laughs) enough to to fight an actual boss of that caliber and so existential weird things have to happen metaphysical phenomenons that kind of like dumb down or just mystify the encounters so that you don't really know what's going on. You just know that strange things are happening and somehow the end result occurs and you're left with, I, I don't like it. Frankly, I, I don't really like the way they do it, the way he handles it in book one. Uh, or I think book two has has a pretty similar thing. In fact, so they, they had these boss fights at the end of some of these books and I'm sometimes left a little bit wanting. Yeah. And then eventually the characters actually progress to the point where they can actually go toe to toe with these bosses. They don't have to have weird phenomenon surrounding them. Okay, that's good but, to know. Because at the end of book one, not that we're at that point yet, but that that part that you're talking about, I remember listening to it and be like, I think I'm following what's happening. It's all, it's a lot. It's a lot yeah. to take in. So. Yeah, it's... I've I've never really been a fan of that and so 
he got away from it eventually. I think he probably realized that it was not working that well for him, or maybe, maybe he was just fine with it. I have no idea. I, I don't know, but I've just wondered if they were going to skip the eye of the world because it's Mm. the thing about it is in, in the series itself, they're looking for things to cut out. And I, I don't really think that from for my uh, uneducated, my my peasant's point of view, mm-hmm. it seems to me that that storyline, I guess there's one really important thing, one item they recover there at, at the eye of the world that's, that's incredibly important, but I, it just doesn't seem like they need to go there. There's, right. there's all sorts of weird stuff that happens that I don't think needs... For, for a show that's trying to cut things out, that cut Camelin out entirely. <laughs> All of it. Right. Uh, for a show that cut out such a huge part of the show that, or of the book that they just had to say one month later. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I clicked on, because I have IMDb open right now, and mm-hmm. there was a little season two link. And because oh. I, you know, curiosity in me cannot be tamed ever. I clicked on it and it says season two, episode one. The date just says 2022. Okay. So we know it's, but it has a, it has an episode title name. Oh, let's hear it. A Taste of Solitude. Huh. Right? Huh. I, Okay. So I don't know what that means, really. But and maybe it'll change. I think you could change. You could probably change it before before it actually airs. But that's what it says right now. So I'm trying to think of things that we need to see in the rest of the season. So we've got to got to see the ways that they showed that quite a bit. There's actually a lot of posters and stuff that show them going into the ways. Yeah. So that, that'll be a part of it. And they needed Loyal before they could do that. So glad they, they picked him up. And that we, we need to see the Amaralyn seat and all of the various Ajas talking. Uh, so like all the sitters is what they're called. All the, there's three representatives from each Aja there who are the sitters for their Aja who represent them. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Congress or something uh, what would be in the United States. But then, so we, we need to see that. Then the only other thing that I can think of that we saw in the trailers is there's just like a pretty brief scene with, the, there's like a castle. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a, with a bunch of angry looking people in it. And it seems like, and it zoomed in on one person who looked like he was supposed to be more important than the rest. Right. But I have no idea what that is yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to think of all of the main main things that happen in book one without obviously spoiling it because we haven't hit that part but there are there are characters that i want introduced still that haven't been introduced oh like what elaine She's in season two, though. Right. I think I think they actually just confirmed that. Did they confirm that she's? They confirmed she's season two. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. So. 
I'm, I'm curious. I find I'm actually more curious about how they're going to meld the storylines because they're going to pull in stuff from book two, supposedly for season one. Mm-hmm. But obviously if season one ends with the eye of the world, that's book one. So are you pulling in things from book two before the end of book one and like just mishmashing your storylines up a little bit? At, That's what my brain point, is thinking. At this point, I think that they have to be a little bit. I, I do think that, and we're trying trying to just be a little bit more vague about this. I, I do think that at season two will probably be surrounding the same objective or the same the same kind of uh, event that happens in book two. Okay, is my guess. Uh, so. So there's there, there's one thing that everyone is focused on in in book two, and I I my guess is that we get to the point where that kicks off, right? In see at the end of season one, but we may they may end up blending a bunch of the things from uh, that they can from book two into book into the season one right now just to cover as much ground because. They can't, obviously we've talked about it before, they can't actually blend all of the books into, into, like they can't do a season for, for book. Right. Ratio, like there, there, there will not be 14 books or 14 seasons. Right. So, and that's why Elias is probably never going to be in the show. Sad, 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 sad. I know that was cruel of me. Thanks. I'm trying to decide if I should apologize. Nope. You don't have to. I know. I'm not going to. <laughs> um, Stick handled that one. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much the show news until the next episode's out. So... Who was your favorite character in, in episode five? Oh my gosh. Okay, do it. Think about it in a minute, but right now, sp- just spit out your favorite character without without thinking about it. Who's your favorite? I can't, I can't pick. Why do you do these things without prepping me for no, them? No, you don't. You don't. I want you. I want it to be the most honest. So just like spit it out. The, I honestly, the thing that comes to the top of your head. The first name that came to the top of my head was Nynaeve. Okay. Is that accurate though which is kind of surprising to me because i just liked her attitude through the whole episode okay she's skeptical i am yeah i like that yeah okay yeah and i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna keep that answer who was who was yours my, my first reaction, so I just thought of the question too. So uh, mm-hmm. my I'm holding myself to that. I think uh, my first reaction, I, I really liked Lan in it yeah. because he's so, I, I think because he's so supportive of so many different roles and we see him as a human, but he's just an extremely capable human. I, I really liked what they've done with Lan in the show and mm-hmm. it's it's just been really cool. I also, I think that if I think about it longer, I like Egwene the best, though. Yeah? Interesting. 
Well, I, she I was think, very good that, that episode too. I mean, you, I just have to, uh, she's, she's just been molested, basically. They just right. take all of her clothes off and brush her down like a, an animal and dress her like she's a little doll and then slice up her friend and threaten her at, with, with death for some reason. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, she's just defiant and strong. She's, she's bends, but doesn't break. I, I find a lot to admire in her attitude and poise in that situation, considering what she's gone through already and how traumatic that must be. And she's still able to spit in sight blinders eye mm-hmm. just nice well said uh yeah see i the more i think of, i can't i can't dwell on this because the more i think about it the more i'm gonna want to change my answer so i can't i can't well, so no so naive was your initial just knee-jerk reaction and then who's who's your if you if, upon further contemplation who is it because that, that was that was me. Lan then. Lan is good. Egwene is good. Loyal was spot on. He, he had a very limited part, but he was yeah. about he did just about as perfect as you you would hope for. As you could, mm-hmm. as you could hope. <clears throat> it don't take too long. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't. I'm gonna sit here and stew on it. So. Okay, that's that's mm-hmm. not then, but I. I just I. I really enjoy, I'm always a character driven person. That, that's why I love this show or this, this book series. It's, it, it's got a plot obviously, and it kind of just plods on. A lot of people find frustration in that, that it doesn't seem to be getting closer to the end point. Mm-hmm. And that's why people stop reading it. And I, I get that you, you lose momentum, but I never did because the excellent writing never stops all the characters and their various foibles and frustrations and everything are very well documented and really well clearly defined and that's what I always find interesting is the character part of things and so that's why I always want to say who's your favorite what what was what was your favorite because that's that's what I'm always thinking I, I just like different points in the different character arcs and seeing Egwene here was just really cool it was refreshing to see Egwene here because it, it was a very different Egwene than what I remembered in the book. Yeah, she she takes a lot longer to get strong in yeah. in the books for sure. Mm-hmm. And so, and I did like how they said, "You can't break her. You can't yeah. break her." It's just, and then she showed she didn't. They said that, and then she proved them right, even though she didn't know she was on the stage, so to speak. She. She was like, you know what? I'm not going to break here either. Yeah. Like, screw you guys. I'm not breaking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a good episode. It was. Oh, I hope I hope season six will be the same. Yeah. Now I have to, you know, think of these things in the back of my mind for when you jump out at me. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's never a moment of rest. No, <laughs> you're ne- you're never safe. <laughs> no. All right. Um, do you want to move into the book stuff because we have five chapters to talk about? Oh yeah. You know what we didn't do at the what? very start? We didn't plug all of our random stuff. Oh. I, I think that's probably my fault. But 
it's fine. You can do it now. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Transition. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So folks, we normally we do this at the start, but there Mm -hmm. are, there are a lot of things we can do to support the show that don't even cost any money at all. In fact, I don't think there's a way for us to monetize it yet. At some point, maybe we'll try to do something like that. If there's kind of some more support, but Right now, if we, we're just trying to get this out there and we're getting more and more downloads, it's wonderful. So, you know, let people, let your friends know that our podcast exists, please. And tell, have them tell their friends, etc. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, all you have to do to support us, you can on Podbean, uh, you can follow us. I think for right now, that's, that's the thing that I'm most fixated on is yeah. we're we are three people away from being in the top 10 on followers, which means that we're going to be visible when people search Wheel of Time on Podbean, which is which is kind of nice because we have a really nice, we have good art and yeah. everything. I think that we, will, we lend ourselves well to people visually choosing us, but we have to actually be in the game to actually, uh, you know, compete. And so just three more people just hit that follow button and... You don't even need a Google account, apparently. So yeah. that, that's what Sarah keeps telling me. And then otherwise, we're, we're on, we are on YouTube, just uh, Dagger for Sight Blinder. And if you wanted to give us a follow on the YouTube channel, give us some likes and comments just for the, to help the algorithm a little bit. And then leaving five-star reviews on iTunes is also a wonderful way to support us that's that's going to really help us and then the final thing and this isn't necessarily like supporting us as much but come join our our discussion on our discord server we we've been having a lot of really good insights from different people and it's a really we have a decent system for spoilers and everything i think we're going to go snoop out a few other podcasts (laughs) Discord servers here pretty soon and see what they're doing copy their ideas too if they have good ones so Mm -hmm. so stay tuned for that we'll 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 tell everyone they were our ideas of course but naturally yeah and so far they have all been our our ideas yeah yeah so that's that's all the stuff you should have said at the start (laughs) or or you should have i never I'm resisting the narrative that it was my fault. I was trying, I was trying to take some blame so that you'd like count meet me halfway and be like, oh, I could have done it too. But instead you just said, Yep. <laughs> I say, it was my fault. And you say, Yep. Yep. <laughs> I am nothing if not honest with you. <laughs> that's not honest. <laughs> that's honest. That's, that's that's trying to deflect blame it's okay. no ah, it's fine Let, let's let's deflect and move into the book discussion if we must yeah yeah not? so um i guess spoiler alert if you haven't read these parts mm-hmm. of the book of of eye of the world we're gonna do five chapters because we can i think move things along at a clip we're, we're lagging behind a little um, so I was thinking we'd go through chapters 28 to 32. Okay. Cool. Okay. It's so cool. Cool, cool, cool. So um, I love I love that you didn't wait for me to approve. You just you kept going. You said cool. And then before I said anything, you said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I've already decided. <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel like you don't care what I think is cool or not. <laughs> Narrator, <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> she didn't. So I've already decided. <laughs> um, and yeah, so let's start at chapter 28. So this is Footprints in the Air. Out of the five um, chapters we're going over, this is the only one that has Nynaeve, Moraine, and Lan in it um because it's all it's all about them and there isn't anything that is super in my opinion you can tell me if i'm wrong um you know earth shattering or crazy important i feel like in this chapter they you know they get to white bridge obviously everyone has gone at this point like matt and rand and tom have have left um they're actually in the same inn as Matt and Rand were in, uh, which is kind of a nice little little nod. Um, but they learn about the Mardral being there. Um, they want to go. Moraine wants to go and find. She wants to go north, if I remember right. And she's look. She wants to look for one. She doesn't know which one. I remember this because mm-hmm. Nynaeve was all huffy that they weren't going to go look for the other two when those were the two that she could easily track i think if i'm remembering right so it, it, it had it, to do because, with the coin yeah so so right now moraine only has one link one only one of the boys has the original coin right and it's perrin yeah but they, they don't necessarily she doesn't know which boy it is she just knows it's one of them and I think that at Whitebridge, they heard about Matt and Rand, and so Nynaeve wanted to chase after them, but Moraine can't actually get to them. Yeah. She doesn't know how to, she wouldn't be able to go directly to them. So she wants to, she says, I think what she says essentially is, I have to help the one I can help. The one yeah, I can exactly. Help exactly. Like she knows how to help him or how to get to him to help him, whoever yeah. it ends up being. Um, I, I just found it interesting because it's another little bit of interaction where Nynaeve and Marine are butting heads. Sure. So. Um, yeah. I, I, like, I like this because I, I just, I really enjoy the chapters of Moraine and Lan traveling. They get to a new village and they always have a thing uh, worked out they sometimes they're known sometimes they're not but Mm -hmm. they have they they have such a smooth operation of lan is her dutiful whatever he's he's a soldier he's a companion clearly not her servant but he still he's the one who goes and makes arrangements at the end some usually unless they both recognize that she's going to be more effective there but then they both go and get information there various ways and Nynaeve whenever they have a friend with them mm-hmm. uh, a visitor that that person always looks ends up looking so foolish and awkward because those two are so good at what they do yeah and they're so used to it. They have such a good, easy give and take that, uh, and uh, an approach to things that the person who, in this case, it's naive. She just looks churlish and naive, and and it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to see naive kind of out of her depth there, while Lan and Moraine just have it smooth. Yeah, yeah, it was, and I mean. The whole the whole vibe I got from Nynaeve here is she's still 
not trusting. She's tagging along for this. The only reason she is tagging along with them is because she wants to find the rest of the Emmons fielders. That's the only reason. Um, but I mean, interestingly enough, Lan, like you're, you're speaking, I find this interesting because you're speaking about how so in tune Lan and Moraine are with each other when they go to these new towns and Lan wants Nynaeve to go home before she gets hurt, like to go back to Emmons Field, just kind of like get out of mm-hmm. here. Um, and Moraine's like, no, 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 like she's coming to White Tower, whether or not she wants to go to the White Tower, she's going to the White Tower yeah and it's just a nice little like disagree not i don't even want to call it a disagreement between them but it's interesting it's always interesting for me when i see moraine and land not on the same page well is naive is someone who can kind of create kind of a crack a schism between the two a little bit as time goes on and so this is maybe the very first part of that you start Mm -hmm. seeing moraine and land always have a really tight bond but there starts being new factors involved and and this is kind of just a microcosm mm-hmm. they also they also learn that tom is probably alive right yeah not, not there but probably but yeah i mean you almost think that he would be there actually but they don't just don't take the time to find him right look for him but yeah so so that they're they're looking for someone yeah so that's that's it for parent yep that's chapter 28 Uh, fine so we did receive feedback you guys from our on our discord server people said it would be fine to move at a faster clip through the book and that's what we're trying to do but i think we're also we just like to deep dive into these chapters and (laughs) so and so uh, it's going to be very, really hard for us to kind of resist the earth. Like, we just want to talk about, oh, and then this one thing happened. What did mm-hmm. you think about it? What was, how did, what was your, what were your deep emotions? I was, involving? I was making notes today and I was like, I can't write all these things down <laughs> because I won't be allowed to say them. Oh. Uh, <laughs> their, their horse took another step. How do you feel about that? <laughs> hey, speaking of horses. Bella's in chapter 29. She's not on the show anymore. Damn it all. She's in chapter 29. Uh, I feel pity. That was a great transition. Good job. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, no. Um, Okay. Narrator, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so chapter 29, Eyes Without Pity. So now we're going to Perrin and Egwene and Elias, also not on the show. Mm. Um, this one, this chapter also isn't super crazy. I mean, basically they're just moving across the train. They're just going, oh, they're man. still traveling. This one's creepy. It's creepy because they're traveling. They're trying to stay hidden from flocks of ravens which are mm-hmm. actually fun fact called an unkindness not flocks but unkindness of ravens um really that's the official name for them yes it's an unkindness of ravens uh, as in a murder of crows and unkindness of yes. who comes up with this i don't know but now you know i like murder of crows i an unkindness unkindness of ravens it's not a flock. I, I object. That's stupid. That's stupid. 
they're doing us an unkindness by giving us stupid names for things kidding me that's annoying i i have to just wave my unkindness flag that's so stupid i regret i regret bringing this up (laughs) i regret reacting so harshly to such a stupid thing so there's this unkindness of ravens you know circling (laughs) circling around them following them and they're taking so long unkindness flock (laughs) let it go adam (laughs) just let it go okay so so if it's in a different language like do they still do that does it translate you you go into spanish you say and i don't even know what unkindness would be in spanish but does murder of crows translate in other languages we're derailing hard (laughs) you started it (laughs) you're adding you're materially adding to the length of this podcast by by saying unkindness instead of flock so there are ravens (laughs) <laughs> let's let's call it a group of ravens <laughs> there's a group of ravens and they're trying to remain um unseen mm-hmm. and because because um for those who don't remember ravens are apparently like the dark one's eyes they are mm-hmm. so, so not good and any um, carrion, any carrion eater, it, they have in the borderlands where mm-hmm. where they're warding off the blight. Actually, they they have a now I'm forgetting the name for it a bounty on any crows or any carrion eaters at all, oh. because because they know that they can report to the dark one or to their dark one's minions. They oh. are they are spies. They actually literally do work for the right. dark. <laughs> They work for the dark one. They that's he's their supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, I feel like supervisor fits better than unkindness here, but no. well, we can no. Uh, anyways, we so uh, yeah, so they're not supposedly the dark one's eyes. This is this is actually a deeply disturbing part because they're not only just looking for Perrin, Egwene, and Elias, yeah. they're also just killing yeah yeah i was going to say everything there is a moment in this chapter where um and this this is important because this ties back to the show with with Perrin's wife and hating his acts and all of this so this is the chapter where Perrin kind of realizes when he sees the ravens just you know like just destroying and killing animals um he realizes like what would happen if the ravens attacked them and attacked Egwene. Um, oh, this and, is an important moment. Yeah, this is when he has like that initial thought of he could just kill Egwene instead. Yeah, this is where he this is where he decides to hate the axe. Actually, yeah. this is this is a pivotal moment for Perrin. Where, mm-hmm. yeah, I forgot that this is it, but he decides that there's a moment that he thinks they're going to catch him catch him mm-hmm. and he he thinks it would oh, i can't be... i'm not gonna i can't protect her there's no way if they find us then we're just dead but i can give her the kindness of a quick death right and so i'll just kill her if they catch us and yeah, exactly and then he hates himself for it and the internal parent and 
he eventually, he, I, I, I don't know if it's in this episode or not, but he eventually spits it out to Elias and Elias mm-hmm. said, tells him that that's an honorable thing. That That's awesome. You should hate the axe anyways, because mm-hmm. you shouldn't be thinking it, it, the second you learn to love the axe this is the second you should get rid of it. But the fact that you despise yourself for wanting to solve problems with it is probably reason enough to keep it around in the first place. Well, he says it, it is in this chapter. He says that because he hates it, he'll be, I think he says he'll be more careful with it or something yeah. along those lines. Like he, he'll be wiser with his decisions to use it essentially. Yeah. That's so, it's pretty cool. That's, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's this chapter is basically them running running across this this terrain um Mm -hmm. you know Perrin is communicating with the wolves so Egwene's realized he's able to communicate with the wolves all these like little things the big thing i think is the axe like you mentioned um but they do end up going into a steading for safety since you know the dark friends can't all of these the ravens not crows ravens to theoretically not follow them but elias does point out when he when they're going there that you know humans can go there yes it doesn't matter if you're good or bad if you're a douche or not yeah yeah stroll on in yep get on in there yeah i think uh, okay so the one other thing i liked about this chapter i know we're trying to be brief about all of them but (laughs) i really enjoyed so and they've done it a couple other times, shown a couple other times. Egwene is good with a sling. Yes, that's right. Oh, yes, that's right. I forgot to mention that. So they do, just, they do try to, because there is a raven that spots them. So they really, really try to to rush. Right. Well, so and then and then as they're being pursued, it's this whole awkward hide and chase scene until they get to the steading mm-hmm. situation. And so Perrin and Egwene actually do something that. Elias can't he doesn't have a sling he doesn't have a ranged weapon and so every time there's a straggler they and they need to keep moving mm-hmm. that when the flock is the the group the <laughs> the compilation uh-huh. <laughs> are, the yeah the mm-hmm. the the plural ravens uh-huh. are the plurality there we go uh every time they're the the majority of them are gone there's there still are sometimes stragglers and so they they're both able to take them down with their slings and i really liked that they find a way to kind of be useful finally they, they're starting to realize that it's not just elias who's going to save them it's they they actually have some agency in this as well and it's one of those moments where Perrin is making big choices here. He's making decisions on, I'll, I'm not going to just let Elias try to kill Egwene or whatever to, to protect her. I I have to do it myself and Mm -hmm. I have to kill the Ravens myself. And Egwene's doing the same thing. They're, they're, even as Elias is guiding them, they're still making important decisions. Totally. Um, Yeah. So it's a nice little, little cohesive unit they've got going on. I like it. I yeah. like this little grouping. So fancy. Um, yeah. And then if if you there's nothing else you want to mention on this chapter, the next one is them as well. And this is the last one of them until yes. we go to okay. Yes. Yep. So chapter 30, Children of Shadow. They're already in the setting here. Um, 
you know, mm-hmm. and they're just hanging out. And and some white cloaks come on in. And they're yeah. being their white cloaky jerk selves looking around. And um so they essentially hide and Elias hides separately from Perrin and Egwene. Perrin and Egwene hide in the same spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Elias hide, hides separately and for whatever reason, I can't remember the exact detail of it, but the White Cloaks do find Perrin and Egwene. Um, and it just erupts in this whole like struggle fight and Hopper comes in and Hopper ends up dying maybe Mm -hmm. we think and Perrin feels it which is just that was really uh heartbreaking by the way to listen to Mm. like that that sucked but he essentially something in him just snaps Mm -hmm. um and he I, I took it as he essentially just blacked out um and they wake up and they have been captured and they're in this like white cloak enemy camp. Yeah. Yeah. The white cloaks tell them you have to come out, come out. And Hopper comes in and yeah, the, the wolves are harrying the, the white cloaks. This is actually very reminiscent. This is, I Mm -hmm. I would say that this is actually very similar to, I'm sure they, they designed it like this to episode five of the show where the wolves are just tearing white cloaks apart and it's kind of like this really weird all-out war between the two of them Mm -hmm. and I I thought it was so interesting because we they're in the middle of absolutely nowhere and there's there's all these groups still there just Mm -hmm. trying to get from one place to another so we have the wolves and Elias and then obviously Perrin and Egwene happen to be there but then the traveling people they're not that far away and they're all they're all what a hundred miles or maybe less than that but tons of miles away from any civilization and and so there's and where men are there's going to be war I guess that's I guess kind of uh, there so they're just killing each other and Perrin and Egwene yeah they they're, they're spotted by the white cloaks and then Perrin gets super pissed off and we don't know what happens we have no idea they wake up well when when they wake up in the white cloak camp i can't remember his name their captain bornhald uh, that's the one important yeah he uh geofrim bornhald i believe he ends up giving them some you know their their tainted version of events i will call it because i Mm -hmm. choose not to believe anything he says so well yeah there's there it's a very interesting thing this is the only in my opinion one of one of the only likable white cloaks in the entire or the only like almost reasonable white cloak in the entire book series there is there are a couple exceptions which i will not divulge right now because those are major spoilers but they're early on especially this is the one guy the captain who you kind of especially especially in other parts of his story you if his arc specifically you actually can respect where he's coming from on some level right 
and and yet he like he trusts and thinks that the the soldier who's lying to him about stuff child mm -hmm. buyer is somehow somehow that this guy who i i do kind of respect this what the what captain white cloak and, and yet he's got his second is just not reliable he just lies about things he is incompetent on some levels and he's mm -hmm. like good soldier hmm. <laughs> i i don't like either of them so okay well that's good that to know that you're just going to be biased but i am going to be biased mm -hmm. i am okay <laughs> that's disappointing but i acknowledge it well we'll see if i change my mind i will i will own it but all right it's, it's all good for right well, now i don't like them well and they, they are the enemy for right now right and and he doesn't stop but buyer like parent kind of mouths off to him a little bit yeah and buyer's all vicious and Bornhall doesn't necessarily stop it he says oh you shouldn't you shouldn't be stupid or you should you should learn to answer your questions mm -hmm. uh, so he's he's not he's not exactly likable I, I feel like my feelings for his likability come maybe even from later books than even from later than book two. So right, there, there's other things, other information about uh, about certain situations. But right now, right now, I well, like him. Look, look at him compared to the shows. Yeah just the the i know, you know I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now the, i think but. if i'm remembering right and i might not be i i could swear the show his name was child buyer who the the main bad guy yeah oh no that's Eamon valda the guy the main, who the main white cloak yeah, the guy who gets stabbed in the back by Egwene. Yeah, I could have sworn he said his name was Child Buyer. No, I don't, I don't think Buyer. I don't think we've seen Buyer. We okay. we did see we did see this Bornhold though in mm -hmm. episode two of the show, mm -hmm. and he's the guy who actually told Moraine to go find an Aes Sedai to go yes. get healing. He's yes. If, even as they're hunting Aes Sedai and would gladly chop her hands off and wear her ring on their belt. <clears throat> mm -hmm. That's right. I do remember that. Yeah, I don't know he, why I heard child. I don't know why I think I heard child buyer in that episode. It's all good. I I hope I hope we don't see child buyer. I I hate him more than most. <laughs> That's fair. So, I'll go ahead though. No, no, no. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll like maybe I'll like him a little bit later on. We'll see. Well, here's the thing. I I feel like for his worldview he is being pretty reasonable about a lot of things. He, he sees two people, his men are being attacked by wolves. Mm -hmm. And that's not a pleasant thing, especially in the wilderness. They're kind of just, no one likes white cloaks anyway. So they're kind of, they have to work with each other and just they've got each other's backs, et cetera. And so they, they're just attacked randomly. They can't go anywhere without people hating them. Even the wolves hate them. And right? so- and so that you find, and they think that the wolves are are dark creatures, the creatures of the dark. And so there's two people who are working in tandem with these wolves, mm -hmm. and 
And their whole idea is to try to find people who are dark friends. They want to, their, their worldview is to kill dark friends. And so the creatures of the dark, Perrin has yellow eyes. They've noticed that. And yeah. I mean, it's pretty incriminating if you look at it from his perspective of they're just right. They just want to get water. That's the only water anywhere near to them within 40 miles, I feel like is what Elias said. Right. And so they're attacked that they weren't just attacking the wolves. I don't think maybe they were, but one way or another, they're they attacked. capture, they capture some people and then some bumpkins who they don't know who they are. Uh, they just happen. Like they weave this, this, tale that they can't that isn't believable to him and like he doesn't just kill him on the spot like the others want him to mm-hmm. he, he says well maybe you can come back to the light right because he he ends up saying that they'll let Egwene go right but not parent <laughs> but at, at the same time I mean I he doesn't just kill him on the spot he wants to have a trial and have a whole mm. doing things properly and child buyers just he's manipulative he wants to just kill them be done with it and move on right because he, he's fueled by emotion and fervor and whatever other things and so i just in the midst of this situation where the the evidence does just look impossibly bad for Perrin and Egwene right this guy is still more reasonable than you might expect yeah I mean when you phrase it that way (laughs) you don't give me a choice but it's very it's just a very like I feel like it was just a very harsh outcome like they kind of are going into it they're hiding for like Perrin and Egwene are hiding for a reason obviously mm-hmm. what's that reason though dark friend why are you hiding well, why, why would you hide from why would you where, where do you bring the light if you were people who wanted the light why don't you come out and announce yourself and proclaim mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. righteousness or whatever why are you hiding in the dark with the wolves with the shadow spawn Uh, he's and he's lost men i mean i've i've been in the military i've been in the situation where people i know are Mm -hmm. hurt or get killed like i and it's not a great feeling yeah and especially i I would guess it never never anyone that was under my command ended up uh, in that situation really but it was still, I, I would imagine if that had happened to people who I was responsible for, I would not be kindly disposed in any way toward the people I would feel was responsible or at least even associated with the people who were responsible. Right. So you're looking at it from that standpoint of, you know, two white cloaks have now been killed. Right. Well, and yeah. What does Perrin do? He doesn't say, oh, hey, like, thanks for killing this vile creature. Mm-hmm. No, he's just comes in and starts swinging and kills two people himself. Right. Two soldiers. It doesn't even, it's not just he just gets scooped up. He, he kills two people. Right. So, and, and yet Bornhall doesn't just murder them. 
in the middle of nowhere where they could just dump the bodies and no one would find those bodies right. ever that they just brought and that'd be that'd be it no one or would get find picked them. over by the ravens now they're in a steading so they wouldn't mm. true boom <laughs> <laughs> but anyways we've probably been uh, staying on this too long but it's just i i just i i feel this tendency to i just want to point out that in in the circumstances he yes you don't you don't really like him because you're rooting for Perrin and Egwene right but there's a certain level of rationality that comes from his situation that in my opinion should just be observed and whether or not you choose to like him is totally up to you but I don't like light I don't necessarily like him I just I just can respect when someone is being reasonable, more reasonable than they have to be. Right. It doesn't have to be. He could just kill. Why doesn't he just kill them, frankly? Yeah, because like you said, he could and then just dump the bodies. Mm -hmm. His men wouldn't care. There's no one who would care. He's the one. He's the only person who's standing between them and death. Right. Well. There we go. I just spent a ton of time defending a white cloak feel dirty yeah i was gonna say this is not this is not how i how how i imagine the episode to go i i bet i never will again this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um but yeah that's basically the end of that chapter yeah so they're they're gonna leave mm-hmm. with them and it doesn't end where he Bornhall just looks at Perrin with sad eyes or something and says something along the lines of you I'm afraid for her there may be some redemption but for you who's killed two children of the light I'm mm. afraid there's only the axe or something like that something something ominous he, he's pretty sure he's Perrin's gonna die but he's gonna he's gonna give him a trial yeah we'll see we'll see you're probably dead but I give you a 99% chance of death. Oh. So yeah, that that's that's that. It's lovely. It's really mood uplifting. Yeah, the white cloaks yeah. got torn up a little bit. The wolves all died. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, some of them. Elias is injured. So, mm-hmm. Yay. Hooray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, so continuing with, with the mood happiness in chapter 31. Yeah. Uh, play for your supper so this is Rand and matt after they have fled um whitebridge yep and matt is just a real peach with that dagger it's just he's just such a gem so she said sarcastically oh i thought you just really liked matt no Uh, no he is he is still you know being a being a jerk him so basically Rand Rand and Matt they're, they're going they're still trying to get to Camelin and they're running out of money like this is the problem like they they can't afford to stay in inns so they mm-hmm. I think they spend if I remember right one one night maybe the first night obviously the first night if it's one um on like the side of the road like out and they're like we can't we can't do this we have no money um and Rand asks Matt if they could sell the dagger the the ruby dagger that he stole and he gets all defensive and upset over this yeah and then kind of spits it back around at rand which i can kind of 
see because he's like well let's sell your let's sell your hair and marked sword mm-hmm. and i can kind of see his point in that because yeah. it's like why do you why do you have to sell my thing but also from Rand's point of view it's like well this is from my dad you stole that one and you right. weren't supposed to um anyway so they, they decide they're not going to sell it because according to them, no one can afford to buy the Ruby dagger anyway. Um, and they just go from farm to farm, you know, entertaining them for food and shelter overnight and just keep moving along. And then they eventually end up at the Grinwell farm. Um, mm-hmm. Which is kind of what they were in episode five, actually. That's right. At least the five? initial parallel. Yeah, because yeah. in five, they... No, oh, no, four, four. Four, sorry. Four. Yeah. Yeah, because in five, they get to Tarvalon. But in yeah. four, in the show, they get... So, I, yeah, and else Grinswell, Grinwell's <laughs> there. It, but in in the show, they actually renamed the little girl. And she was originally going to be else, actually. Right. But nothing happens to the Grinwells except else eventually is changed by her by her interaction with Rand. I just thought it was funny cuz yeah. she she was making illusions. She wanted she wanted to trip Rand into a haystack. Yeah, she really did. She was not subtle. <laughs> yeah, she was she was very interested in yeah. in what he had to offer. Like I think Matt was even laughing actually so I think Matt was laughing about it and then Rand which, which again, this is just another little funny thing. Rand has this thought of wishing Perrin was there because Perrin knows how to handle these things, right. which is hilarious because Perrin has the same thoughts about Matt or Rand, sorry. Um, so it's mm-hmm. just a nice little little back and forth there. But yeah, yeah nothing bad happens. They, they just learn that, you know, they can probably play music and juggle because this is this Grinwell farm is where Rand takes out the flute and plays mm-hmm. the flute. So they, they figure out, you know, they can probably go to inns and play at inns for food and board like Tom had taught them. It was like right. he knew what he was doing. Yeah, Far, Farmer Grinwell said at the end of it, didn't he say something like, that's, that's more entertainment than I would expect to receive if I went and spent the night at a tavern or something like that. Yeah, and that's kind of, yeah exactly and that's how they get this idea in their head which is mm-hmm. wild because tom taught you this stuff right and, and the whole time they didn't even consider selling tom's harp which oh yeah or loot or whatever it is mm-hmm. uh, they, they have it because he they he just happened to be carrying it when tom pushed him out and mm-hmm. they pushed him away and attacked the mergel so they're, they're also not selling that but yeah it's uh it's cool they that's that's and that's how they do it so that's it and that's basically going into the next chapter as well right yeah so chapter 32 four kings and shadow still with matt and rand they end up in four kings this so as they're making their way through this town all of the inns already have entertainers so none of the innkeepers want they, they don't care they're like we're good we're full we've got entertainers doesn't matter so they end up at this last inn where the innkeeper is skinny rand notes which he thinks could be a bad sign because he's never seen a skinny innkeeper before um there's no crowd they're kind of rude 
uh it's just this whole not good vibe and they finally are like hey like we'll bring you a crowd though like we don't want to pay for our food we will you know give us some food Mm -hmm. let us sleep here and we'll be on our way but we'll, we'll bring you a crowd um and he agrees this was the first time in the in the whole book so far that i genuinely felt uncomfortable for rand and matt like i i i have been reading the book and knowing the bad things are going to happen and you're watching bad things happen you're like oh this is awful and you get upset and like whatever this was the first time where i was like i feel so uncomfortable right now Mm -hmm. and concerned about this and just it was just like a grungy it was grungy that like there's no other way to describe it it was just pure grunge from this inn and innkeeper and everything here i just didn't you you really don't think there's another way to describe it like it has to be grunge it has to be grunge okay so just checking you could you can describe it another way i'm going to choose to describe it as grunge i I have to say grunge you're right it's just grunge because that's the only choice (laughs) (laughs) but you're right you're you're, you are right i'm just giving you a hard time it's it's gross it's and they feel trapped because yeah i mean they kind of push themselves into it in in a way like they they don't have the experience quite to get out of it but mm-hmm. but yeah they and there's there's clearly someone who's just specifically just staring at them yeah overtly and it's, knowing that they can't escape and it's creepy like i i just think of knowing if i was somewhere and having someone that i didn't know just stare at me but then also know that hey, they probably followed us here. Like, that's creepy. Yeah. So there, there's a guy who followed them there from Whitebridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they basically eat. This tavern is full of people who disrespect women. They, the innkeeper just loves to smack the women to the floor when they talk out of line. Yeah, and it's and, just uh, apparently okay with everyone. Yeah. And I mean, Rand even notes that he's surprised that they all just go along with it too. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah, it's it is just a it, it's such a gross circumstance and yet I well I I think that Matt was just saying we I need to I need to sleep in a bed or something like that. I can't mm-hmm. do a hedge again or something. Mhm. Which, I mean, which is interesting that, so he's saying that and they end up, you know, agreeing and they're staying there. They've also noted that this innkeeper is eyeing their sword. Mm -hmm. Um, So they are now aware that they're probably going to get robbed. Yeah. Uh, Um, So they get some food, they go, they, they finish their performance and they have, uh, they get pushed into like a little cellar in the, yeah it's like a storeroom thing it's it's not it's like it's got pallets on like there's no bed it's just yeah just a little room the whole time rand has his sword Mm -hmm. displayed at at you just want he's he's hoping because he's not a blade master clearly Mm -hmm. 
but he's hoping they are going to respect his, his potential for being a blade master. Right. Which, which which they do actually. They they don't attack him. They're clearly going to wait till night to mm-hmm. do their deed. And they and what I found interesting too was so Matt really wanted to sleep in a bed and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he's the one that's like, I think we gotta like he even says he's like, we need to leave, like we gotta get out of here, but they can't get out of there. <laughs> like they're they're totally trapped. Um right. so yeah, they're in the cellar, there's no way out because there's the guards they have i don't even want to call them guards like whatever security Mm -hmm. um and the window that's in this room that they're in is rusted shut they can't even open it um but they've wedged the door shut yep so that no one can come in because it doesn't lock and this i can't even remember his name the guy the merchant that followed him that was you know eyeing them being all creepy so this is this is why I doubt myself when I say I have a bad memory because sometimes I do. But his name is Howell Goad, I believe. I, I I don't know why I know that though. So so he he is on the other side of the door talking to them. Um, and, and sorry. Yeah, he's just creepy. He's he's, he's trying to recruit them. Yeah, he like fully identifies himself as like he's like yeah I'm a dark friend. And uh, you guys gotta, you guys gotta come with me. Like you might as well just come surrender and everything will be fine. You can have some power. And if you don't, then we're going to come in and take you anyway. And it's going to be way worse. Yeah. And they're getting desperate. Rand is feeling trapped. He doesn't Mm -hmm. know what to do. And somehow, somehow after Rand, somehow after Rand feeling very stuck and needing to find a way out of there. Yep. It, it gets by happenstance by happenstance in that exact spot lightning strikes yep and doesn't kill them but kills and hurts a bunch of the dark friends who are there's like a little window in the storeroom to the storeroom and the windows mm-hmm. finally busted open and there's there were people waiting for to grab them if they did try to get out that way those mm-hmm. people are incapacitated everyone else is just just hurt and whatever and they can escape Matt is blinded. Yeah. But they're they're fine for the most part. Yeah. And they they escape and they look. I, I remember they looked back and they didn't know who was standing there, but whether it was the innkeeper or the howl goat or yeah, whoever, someone's standing there and you know, probably shaking their fist at the sky. Yeah. I'll get you next time. <laughs> <laughs> and they escape. Yay. So lucky yeah. lightning. Hooray. Happy lightning. Mm. Yeah. It's uh I like I got I think that that to me is one of the most iconic parts of of this series is Rand and Matt making their way to Camelin. Yeah. I, I really like all of their various and none of them are that exciting or interesting and some of but they take care of each other and they work together to find solutions. And there's some of other things going on in the background, mm-hmm. like the lightning. Uh, but it's just, it's kind of fun to see them. Okay, we're, we left because we thought that these people were gonna take care of us. And then we escape with other people and this other, and Tom is trying to take care of them and then he's gone. And then what, what do they do? 
do they just give up? Do they just lay down for it? Or do they, they're, they're going to fight. They're, they're fighters. Right. They're not, they're not going to just get robbed. They're not going to just sell their stuff. They're going to earn their money and move, make their way to the place that they want to be. They're mm-hmm. going to move toward their objective. And there's a lot to admire about that. Well, that's exactly it. Like they easily could turn around and go home, mm-hmm. but they don't. So yeah. And I just, this is a good, this segment of the podcast, it's good to see the, the various M and fielders mm-hmm. taking some ownership of their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's all the chapters, all five yeah. of them. Okay. Kind of sort of sped through them. So do we want to do our Mac? Yeah. Who's the Mac? I don't know. I actually. The most annoying st- character. I actually struggled so hard thinking of who I would find annoying out of all of these chapters. Hmm. Other than like the white cloaks because they're the bad guys. Sure. And yeah, I like child like... buyer is kind of kind of more than just a faceless right. bad guy, but he's, he's too easy. We can't pick right. him. Right. That's like somebody picking Narg, apparently. Yeah, who picks Narg? Yeah. Yeah. um matt's attitude is still annoying and like his attitude is annoying because he's just getting worse but i also find that he is ping-ponging like crazy he is so negative at one point and paranoid and then he's all on board for doing what Rand wants to do and then he's just completely against it and then he's on board again and it's very frustrating to keep up with matt um I've made up my mind, so I'm waiting for you. Of course. Of course you have. Um, the interaction between Moraine and Nynaeve is a little bit frustrating. Okay. Just because I feel like there should be more information being shared between them, and there isn't. That's fair. I feel bad saying Matt again. No, oh, I don't. I'm I'm saying Matt. Okay, good. Because I that's he. I couldn't land on anyone other than Matt with his no. stupid ping ponging attitude. No, he's annoying. He is. Uh, he's. Uh, I told you that Matt is one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. in the series, or he is he is my favorite character in the series by by a pretty big margin. In fact, I, I really like him, but. He, he doesn't do himself a single favor in book one or two. Well, he's, he's kind of fun and at the start of book one, a little right. bit here and there, but like, he's just, he's just annoying. I, and he doesn't have a point of view. So uh, we, mm-hmm. we get it. We get inside of Perrin's head. We get to, we get inside Rand's head. We get to see what Nynaeve is thinking, mm-hmm. all these different people. But Matt is just a force of nature. He's, he's a mischievous child. And then they go on an adventure. He steals a dagger and then he's a grumpy child, kind of. He's just yeah. petulant and greedy and he needs a nap. Selfish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's cool though to see also though, he, as he's getting more paranoid, he still trusts Rand. That is, that is cool. I will agree with you on that. But yeah, he's still annoying though. So, yeah, I think Matt, Matt's earned it. All right. He's the Mac. Master Mac, again. Again. 
I know. Thank goodness Egwene isn't. <laughs> she's she's calming down a little bit. Oh. A little bit. All right. Um, I think that's it. All right. But it's a good one. I think we did good. I think it was a uh, fun, fun to discuss. We probably over discussed these things. Honestly, these chapters we're just not used to. I'm not used we're to not. it. At least I just wanna, I just wanna get, get I into know. it. But. I want a deep dive. Yeah, this is good though. So they're making progress toward Camelin, and the next set of episodes will be pretty interesting. I think, or the next set of chapters will be interesting too, because mm-hmm. we have the. They have more confrontation with white cloaks and Nynaeve and Lan interacting. Mm-hmm. And I think we might meet Loyal potentially. Yeah, I, think, I think that's coming up. I, it might not be the next. Might not no, be our next no, 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 no. It is. I, I already made notes on the next ones. Oh, well, you're fancy. I was, you. I was, you know, I had time today to make notes. So I did. Hmm. Excellent. So what else what else is there, Sarah? There's nothing else except the end of the podcast. <clears throat> of that podcast oh. episode, not the podcast in general. Well, I'll let you sign off because you insisted that I I do the the intro and right. the plugs in the middle. And it <laughs> just threw me under the bus there. So it, it's fine. I I guess I deserve this. Um, okay, any final words? No, I, and I don't know what this, you deserve having to say a couple words. Yeah. Oh, boo-hoo, that's your punishment for, for Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> on, that, on that happy note, um, thank you everyone for listening. Yeah, I know, I know. We'll see you, see you, you'll hear from us, whatever, whatever the word is. Um, in what, two days? for the next episode reaction yeah for the reaction episode six we get to see swan sanche the emerald seat yeah it's gonna be good yeah yeah. um yeah so that'll be that'll be that and yeah thank you everyone again for listening and may you always find water and shade always (laughs) 